Archie Diakono. Oh! oh. Did that count? They're going to count it. Oh, They're going to count it. The ball. Patrick oh. Williams. Oh. From 50 plus feet. Oh, Levine knifing oh, through. Sliding and gliding. Sacramento, where they could have gotten a better shot. Oh, that's one of those I haven't shot in a while. Good ball movement. White for three. Good. Bang, bang, bang. Saucy. Levine on the drive. He oh. scores in a foul. Big time players make big time plays, double A. Levine's open. Oh, oh my goodness. Zach Levine, a closing shot by the closer. Oh, my goodness. Welcome to another episode of Stuffing the Stat Sheet. I'm your host, Joey Ricotta. And today we're talking Bulls basketball. Let's get right into it, baby. Today I have on a special guest who is all—he's already been on the podcast before. You had we had him on the uh, Super Bowl Best Bets episode, and uh, he is Gio D'Amico. Yeah, you can find him on Twitter at NFL. Oh, wait, at Gio. Yep. Gio okay. NFL Draft. <laughs> Gio, what's up? How's it going? It's going pretty good. How are you? Doing good, man. Um. Like we talked about before hopping on here, I'm going to head over to my mom's in a little bit and get some of that, that Sunday sugo, sugo. so uh, Sunday Sounds sauce, good. I'm feeling, feeling good about that. I can't, yeah. Always... But, yeah, that sounds uh, really good. Yeah, man, I wish I could send you some. <laughs> yeah, just send it in an envelope for me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Hey, if you can somehow keep it frozen and send it the distance, I'm sure we could probably make it work somehow. Absolutely. But uh, what do you think about these Bulls, man? They've, uh, they, they've won three out of four games this week. Um, mm -hmm. And then they take on the Rockets as this podcast will be released. Uh, it'll be tonight at 7 p.m. Central. Um, what do you think about these Bulls? They've won three out of their last four. They're hanging tough. Um, you got Zach Levine dropping 30 burgers just about every night. Um, oh, yeah. So it's... It, it seems like a really exciting time, at least to be a Bulls fan. I mean, realistically, they're probably not really doing much this season, but uh, this is a completely different brand of basketball that we're watching um, that we've been used to these last few years here. So how, how are you feeling on the Bulls? Yeah, I mean, it's all been led up by Zach Levine. Zach Levine's averaging almost 30 points a game. He's averaging 29, and he's, you know, really close to a 50-40-90 stat line right now. He's shooting 52% from the field, 41% from three, and 86% from the line. So, I mean, he's the heart and soul of this team right now, which is why it's crazy. I think there's even trade rumors for Levine. I think that – I know he wants an extension and to be the, you know, the head of that team. And, you know, I don't think he gets dealt. And I think he's the main reason that they're hovering around the playoff picture right now. They're only half a game behind the Knicks from the eight seed. So I'd say they're doing better. They're exceeding my expectations. Oh, yeah, mine too. Um, I mean, I mean, we talked ahead of the season. You know, I have that, that bet on them to go over 28 and a half wins. Mm -hmm. So I'm feeling good about them. I, I had higher hopes coming into the season with Billy Donovan coming in. And I thought maybe he could change a little bit of the landscape. And uh, so far, I've been proven right um, yeah. on that end of things. But, um, yeah, you mentioned it, Zach Levine. I mean, I don't really understand why there's even a discussion at this point if he should be an all-star or not. I mean, right. uh, you, put him, you put him on any other team right now that has 
you know, some other pieces in place to really make a push. And I think he's getting so much more attention than this Bulls team, than, than he is right now on this Bulls team. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you talked about his stat line a little bit. Uh, I'm looking at it here, and I guess it depends on what your definition of a guard is. But out of the guards for field goal percentage, he's fifth from what I'm looking at in field goal percentage behind um, Kyrie Irving, mm-hmm. who's only played 21 games, Joe Harris, uh, and, and Ben Simmons. Wait, I'm sorry. He's fourth. That would make yeah. him fourth. I just heard, missed my count. Gonna... But Ben Simmons doesn't even shoot threes. Right. So he's he's never going to beat a guy like Joe Harris who only shoots threes, and that's literally what he makes his money off of, standing in the corner and being one of the best spot-up shooters in the league. And then Ben Simmons plays like a forward where he should be, you know, leading his position in field goal percentage. If he shot threes, he'd be near the bottom because he's just not a, he's not a shooter. So for Zach Levine to, you know, have everything he has in his arsenal and to still be fourth in the league, it's quite impressive, and he definitely is deserving of an all-star appearance this year. Yeah, definitely. And I'm looking at it too. Uh, I don't know if you, if you uh, look at true shooting percentage by any chance, but true shooting percentage, he's 12th in all of basketball. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's just, a, he could put up points with the best of them. And I mean, like you're seeing some, some crazy stuff like the other night, that circus shot where he got fouled and it looked like he just flipped it up there and it was just a perfect layup off the backboard. I mean, it's it's really remarkable. Um, of course, we know he doesn't play the greatest of defense, but I think even on that end, he's improved a little bit this season. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, but he's yeah. one of the worst. Or last year, he was one of the the worst defenders at the shooting guard position. I'm trying to pull up his stats for this year right now. I know there's a couple guys that you know are a little worse than him, guys like Bradley Beal. But I mean, when you're doing what you're doing on the offensive side of the ball. not It's not that you can just throw away defense, but his mistakes that he makes on defense, you know, kind of go overlooked, I guess. So if he, as long as he keeps playing how he's playing, I'm trying to pull up. He is, oh, wow, he's still the second worst defender at the shooting guard <laughs> position. But I mean, okay. he's averaging 30, 30 points a game and almost 50, 40, 90 on offense. So he he's actually sunken below Bradley Beal, but you know, oh, this Bulls team as a whole doesn't really play defense, so. Right, yeah, I mean, really, what do you have on defense? Patrick Williams? Like, Yeah, that's, that's about it, and he's pretty average, too, so. Yeah, I, I mean, I expect him to get better, but, right. um, you know, he's, he's what, the, the youngest player in the NBA right now, so. Something like I, that, yeah. I'll cut him some slack, but um, he doesn't even really need much slack to be cut because he is the best Bulls defender at this point, and he's a rookie and so young. So, um, But, no, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, uh, like, when it comes to Levine, I mean, you just look at the, the, the Nets, for example. I mean, the Br- Brooklyn Nets, they don't play much defense, and yet they're still considered by many to be the favorite to come out of the East. So, I, I mean – you know, that right there, that just goes to show you the landscape of the NBA. I mean, you can win without playing great defense in this league. And if you have a cornerstone piece like Zach Levine moving forward, um, I was kind of on the fence of whether or not I wanted them to trade him coming into this season because I thought, wow, they could probably get a lot for him and they could get even more for him probably now. But um, 
I think he's somebody you can really build with. I think you got to ride with him and, and, and keep him around long term. Yeah, I agree. I think to get rid of him at this point would not only be a slap in the face to him, but to the whole, you know, fan base too. Everyone loves Zach Levine on that Bulls fan base because he's, you know, he's the face of the team. So unless you can get like some crazy superstar for him, which you can't, it's going to be more of a package of like, like I would never trade Levine for a guy like Lonzo Ball and other pieces. I just think Levine's so much more electrifying and dynamic as a player. So I, I don't think he's going anywhere. Yep, I completely agree. Um, so they still have a couple guys that are out with Otto Porter and mm-hmm. Larry Markinen. Um, Larry Mark or Wendell Carter, he returned uh, yep. a little bit earlier than expected. Um, what do you think? I mean, so there's been talks about some trades potentially going down, and I mean we. We both probably believe that there will be something that happens here at the deadline um, mm-hmm. for the Bulls. But with Markinen, and I'm seeing a lot of things like they think the Bulls are worse with Markinen on the floor because he doesn't fit. And, you know, they've played better with him off the court. I'm not sure 100% on that because I think he opens up a lot for you um, yeah. on, on the offensive side of things. And I mean, I think when you have somebody like Marketing on the on the playing on the court, I think it's just better for the team overall than when he's not. Um, but you know, regardless, do you think that a, like a Marketing trade could be in the works here, or and and what do you think would potentially be something that would make sense, even if they were to move him? I mean, I don't know. That's the problem. I don't see what the Bulls could be buying at the deadline. I think they could sell some other pieces that they don't necessarily uh, utilize as much. Uh, I, I don't see what they could buy. I don't know what they would really get for a guy like Markin. And there's a lot of unknowns with him. He's inconsistent. He's injury prone. And, you know, he's a bad defender, too. Like, the only good defender on this Bulls team is Daniel Gafford. But, I mean, Markinen's going to be a guy who can give you 30 points on the offensive side of the ball every now and then. And he's a pretty efficient shooter, honestly. And he's, before he got hurt, he's only played 14 games this year, but he's averaging career highs in field goal percentage, three-point percentage. And, uh, you know, he's picking up the slack on defense a little bit. Not great still, but I, I again, that's another piece that I think you just got to build up from where you're at right now rather than, you know, I, how many times do you want to trade away good pieces and rebuild again? Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I guess the only point or the only other issue with that, and, and by the way, Gafford, Daniel Gafford, thanks for mentioning that because I, I kind of kind of completely forgot about him on the defensive side of things when we were talking about Patrick Williams. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, Gafford's pretty solid. But, um, no, I, that's the thing. I mean, if they keep winning, which I think, They've shown that they're they're they've been in a lot of games this year. I mean, I don't expect them to just start tanking, even if they were to trade somebody like Markinen. But you know, that's one of the things that. So if you are to trade him and get something back, but you're not going to get a whole lot probably because I mean, you mentioned it—the injury proneness, the defensive side of the ball. Um. But would you rather? 
get something for him or just let him walk. I mean, that's kind of where I'm I'm kind of torn because I don't want him just to walk, but then do you, do you bring him back? Like, what is he asking for? Um, like, what's what's his actual market as far as salary-wise goes? Yeah, I don't really know what he's going to be uh, planning on asking for. I know that they can offer him a qualifying offer this season to bring him back for next season, and that offer would be around $9 million. And so, you know, that, that would have to be agreed upon by both sides. The Bulls would have to be willing to extend it, and he would have to accept it, which, you know, if this team keeps going in the right direction, then I think he would accept it. So I honestly think you hold right now and hope he accepts that offer. And if he doesn't, I still think you have cap to make a deal. I don't know if Markinen's a guy they want to build their franchise around or not, but I think you definitely got to give him a chance. I don't know. I feel like if you trade him away now, you're kind of giving up on this season a little bit because I don't think you're going to get a guy who's as ready to just jump in the lineup and do well. I think you'll get a couple pieces, a couple solid pieces, but I don't know. I, th- I think you can you can ride it out and hopefully have him accept that that qualifying offer. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, especially, I don't think that qualifying offer is too much to to ask as far as you're not really, it's not a whole heck of a lot in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. So um, looking ahead to tonight's matchup, uh, we've got the Bulls traveling to Houston to take on the Rockets. I thought I saw an opening line of Rockets minus one or laying a yep. point. Minus one. Um, what do you think about what do you think about this matchup? I mean, the Rockets. I I believe they released Demarcus Cousins, right? They're they're like they're holding going him to? out for now. They're gonna they're gonna either release him or I don't think they can trade him. I think yeah, they're gonna have to release him. I know people are saying that the Lakers were favorites to pick him up, but he will he won't play tomorrow for sure. Yeah, it's kind of a weird situation going on with that. I. Yeah, I know. I don't know. But they're also going to be missing uh, Victor Oladipo, who's been out. But he's a guy that is the best on-ball defender on that team. And that's not to take away from John Wall either at the point guard position. John Wall's a great defender, too. But when they have Wall and Oladipo in the backcourt, I would take Rockets minus one, you know, without a doubt. But the the line is how it is. They're only one-point favorites because... First of all, they've dropped seven in a row, and no coincidence, Oladipo hasn't played in, I believe, five or six of those. Uh, he's a guy, you know, they trade James Harden, the return, they get a ton of picks, and then a guy, Oladipo, who is really a rental for them, they're either going to trade him at the deadline or they're going to have to sign him to extension. I don't I don't think they're going to re-sign him, but Oladipo is a guy who's been giving them defense that they didn't have before. James Harden's one of the worst DRPM, which is defensive real plus minus defenders at the shooting guard position and just defenders in the league. And Oladipo is one of the best. So he has missed four of the last five games. And in the one that he did play, he was limited to 20 minutes. They've lost seven in a row. I like the Bulls uh, at plus one tomorrow without him and then without Cousins and Christian Wood, too. I mean, the Rockets really only have John Wall. Yeah, that's no. Yeah, you make very solid points there. And the Bulls beat him the last time around. Um, first matchup, they had Oladipo, they had Christian Wood, they had Cousins mm-hmm. playing, and the Bulls beat them 125 to 120. And, you know, yes, they had Markinen, but Zach Levine put up 33 points the first time against them. So what, what do you think is going to happen this time after he can, 
it, it, it feels like every night he's dropping 30 points. So, um, yeah. So what I'm wondering is uh, if they're going to slide John Wall over to cover Levine, because, you know, honestly, Kobe White's been the biggest weakness on both offense and defense for this Bulls team. First of all, if there's any two guys I would trade right now, it would be number one, Wendell Carter. And number two, Kobe White. I wouldn't give up on White yet, which is why I'm putting him second. I think that there's a lot of potential there. But uh, he's just been very inconsistent offensively, and he's one of the worst defensive point guards in the league. And I don't think they're going to worry about him scoring too much, even though he has the potential. So I wonder if John Wall slides over and covers Levine. But it doesn't really matter to me because Oladipo covered Levine last time, and he had a fantastic game. So I I think that... um, I think there's a lot of potential for for uh, Zach Levine tomorrow with Nola Depot. Yeah, that that even even with Wall on him, I still look at that as a mismatch. Um, like Ola mm-hmm. Depot, you know, like you said, very good defender, and like you said, look what he did to him. So I mean, with Wall on him, I think that's still a mismatch. Whoever they put on him, so um, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because they're traveling to Houston. So of course, you know, you could have a little bit of a, you know, travel issue uh, as far as like, you're, you're traveling there. It's long ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it could be tough, but I like the bulls. I think they're going to win this game just by the way that they've been playing lately. And uh, yeah, you mentioned some, you made some good points about Kobe white. I, I mean, we're starting to see, the lack of trust in him, especially as a just a ball handler on the offensive yeah. side. I mean, he's not really, especially when it comes to crunch time, they're not really letting him, you know, run things, which right. I don't can't say is not a bad strategy because why would you with the lack of consistency shown so far? Right, exactly. I, I think that he's... Uh just has a lot of room to grow on both sides of the ball. Like we've seen the ceiling type performances from him this year where like against Sacramento with uh, a few, not last game, but the first time they played him and you know, Sacramento's a horrible defense, so it's not great accomplishment, but he had 36 points and then he had 30 points against the Pelicans six games ago. So there's that potential to be a consistent score, but you see it once every blue moon. Otherwise he's kind of taking a back seat to Levine. Yeah. Very streaky that way. Um, yeah, if they were to trade him, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like there would be a lot of teams that would be, um, buying the potential because yeah. of how little he's played so far in his M- NBA career and how streaky we've seen him be. But like you said, we've, we've seen the upside there. I, I might be okay with trading Kobe white because if, if we have a, if there's a choice between you trade Zach Levine and you trade Kobe White, I'm taking trade Kobe White every oh, time. Yeah. And the mix between those two playing alongside each other, I wouldn't say it's bad, but I don't know if that's the route that we that the Bulls should be taking. I don't I don't know if there is a real fit there with those two playing alongside each other. And and White really just strikes me as somebody that's more of like a sixth man you know, come in and be like a quick bucket type of like a hot flash type of player, almost like a Nate Robinson, except uh, not as good, you know, manning the point, but as like an off ball kind of quick, 
you know, give me some points in a hurry type of player. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'd be open to if the Bulls were looking to trade Kobe White, even with this, but even with this massive ceiling. Yeah. And, you know, I feel bad giving up on him already because it's only his second year. Uh, I think that a trade, you know, there was talk about Lonzo Ball. I think Lonzo would definitely be an upgrade over Kobe White. He's a better defender. He's not still not great. He's better, though, and he's a better facilitator than White. And he'll do better at letting Levine, you know, control or letting Levine be the scorer because, you know, Lonzo's a guy who gets double-doubles with 10 assists. There's, you know, he gets rebounds, too. And um, it just makes sense more sense for that office than to have two guys that could both be scorers running the offense. But, you know, I'd rather trade Wendell Carter right now because I think that there's a lot of um, pieces in that front court. Like, first of all, Daniel Gafford. He's a guy who told Billy Donovan that he wants to play more minutes. And, you know, Daniel Gafford's issue is whenever he plays, he you know, plays good defense, but he gets into foul trouble really early on. And I think Billy Donovan's kind of, you know, losing a little bit of faith in him because, you know, he's Gafford's a second year player, too. And he is he's only 22 out of Arkansas. He's a second round pick. So I I think that, you know, you got to get cut him some slack. He he really hasn't played all that much in his career, but. He's a guy who can score for you on the inside. He's a guy who blocks shots, plays great defense. So if he just gets over that little hump of, you know, being a underexperienced player, getting into that foul trouble, I think he's a guy who could attract more minutes. And then you look at a guy like Thaddeus Young, who's, you know, having a revival this year. Like, he, this is honestly one of his best seasons. I used to watch him on, on the Nets. And, you know, he was there for about a year and a half, and he was good there. I mean, he was better there, but he's there's, like, been a revival this year where he just looks like, you know, more of a facilitator. He's averaging more assists than he ever has in his career by a lot, and, you know, he's been solid defensively. And I feel like Wendell Carter, a terrible defender who got bullied by Embiid the other night, and a guy with injury history who's inconsistent on offense but still a lot of potential, I feel like that's your best piece you can afford to sell right now. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, and you talked about Thaddeus Young. Man, the career assists or his career year as far as assists goes, I mean, it's almost double what he's ever put up per game yeah. in know, a season. So yeah, I'm having a lot of fun watching him kind of move the ball around because we don't have that traditional point guard. So as far as, you know, getting regular minutes, I mean, they, they've got guys like, you know, Archie Diacono and – and uh, who am I missing right now? Sato. Yeah, Sadoransky, a couple guys like but, that. But, like, you know, as far as, like, somebody who is a starter and playing, you know, I mean, Thad Young, though, he, come, he's, he comes in there and he's just, he, he's just like, almost like a Joakim Noah type of moving the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, which is really cool to see. They'll give Bulls fans a little bit of a flashback, even though he doesn't bring the ball up the court like Joakim used to do once in a while. Yeah. But um, it's fun to see. Now I'm with you too about um, you know potentially moving who you'd move and who you keep. Um, Gafford, I would love to see him play a little bit more. I, I do like whenever he's on the court. I think he he adds something defensively on the glass. Um, you know, yeah, like you said about the foul trouble, but. I've I've had it up to here some nights with Wendell Carter. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
he just returned, you know, so he can't really stay on the court all the time. Sometimes his passing just, I, I just, I don't know what he's doing. He doesn't put up that many points a game. I don't know. I don't know what, I don't even know what they would get for somebody like Wendell Carter Jr. Like what, what, what would be something that teams would be willing to give the Bulls for him? I think it would have to be a package deal with a guy like Tomas Sadoransky and another, you know, viable piece like off the bench. Like Sadoransky's been pretty good off the bench this year too. And mm-hmm. um, he's a good facilitator. He's good for his role. So someone like packaging them too and some picks, that's how you get to a guy like Lonzo Ball. Uh, I don't think Lonzo's market is like, I don't think he's a superstar where you have to give up a ridiculous amount of, of capital and amount of players for him. But he's definitely an upgrade, and you can't obviously do Wendell Carter straight up for him, but a package deal there. That's really, I keep referring to Lonzo because that's the only rumor I've really been hearing about who they would be going for. So a, yeah. guy, a team like uh, like the, why am I blanking, the Pelicans, they have Steven Adams and Zion inside on the defense. Wendell Carter would really be a bench piece. But Wendell Carter's the name that I've seen mentioned in that package the most with Sadoransky and then Luke Cornett, who doesn't really see the court for the Bulls. I, I just don't really see the Pelicans, you know, accepting that. But, you know, that's the only thing I could really think of. Boy, that I mean, Lonzo would be a perfect fit here, though, I think. Definitely. That's, yeah. the, that's the type of player that they need. And if, even if it's not Lonzo necessarily... I mean, you're right, though. That's that's the rumor. That's the name that keeps getting tossed around. It's been tossed around before the season, um, before the draft. You know, kept hearing Lonzo Ball, Lonzo Ball. Maybe we can move him. I mean, even last season I was hearing that. Maybe we could get him uh, to Chicago. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, nonetheless, Gio, this is a, it's a different time for Bulls basketball, at least. Like, I'm thoroughly enjoying this ride here as we're getting to see some competitive basketball being played and not this lopsided, you know, lackadaisical. I mean, the team has fight. I I like just the competitiveness that they show on on a nightly basis. You know, sometimes I still have some questions about Billy Donovan's rotations, but how can we really question it that much? Because it seems like he's maximizing, um, they're getting the most out of the players that he that he has right now. So, you know, it's 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 cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. I think that this is the the best they've looked in a couple of years. And I mean, you know, thirteen, sixteen's not obviously amazing, but they're you know within the playoffs right now. So that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, that's about as all. That's about as much as I, I think we could have asked for this season was just give us some competitive games and be hovering around that, you know, eighth seed, seventh seed type of type of spot. Um, so now, like, like you said, they're just out of the playoffs right now, but they can definitely still find themselves in there because they're not far off by any stretch. And uh, of course, if they get into the playoffs, they're probably going to get wiped out pretty quickly, but uh, at least they'll give us something more to watch. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what do you think? So is that is that one of your? Uh, you know how I like to do cheese plays, and uh, I'm gonna add mine in here a little bit later. 
But um, what do you think? Is that one of your cheese plays for tomorrow, your best bets? Are you taking the Bulls? Yeah, I mean, I like the Bulls. I like the Bulls plus one. It's hard, it's hard to, you know, it's I, I can't tell you for sure if it's one of my best bets just because a lot of, uh, you know, there's no props out and stuff. I like props even though they screw me sometimes. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, the, the one other thing, you know, this is not Bulls related that I would throw in. Like for that bet, and I like the Hornets and Jazz to go under 228 because the Hornets have been playing playing pretty slow, and the Jazz are just a great defensive team who could totally smother them. So that's just the two off first glance. But yeah, with no Oladipo, no Cousins, no Christian Wood, it's and the the Rockets are have a worse record right now. They're sitting 13th in the West at 11 and 17. It seems like a game that the Bulls should not only be favored in, but that they should win. I like it. I like it. Um, I think you're making me and a lot of other Bulls fans very happy with that. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, Gio, this has been fun, man. Uh, it's always good talking to you. It's always good talking basketball, talking Bulls basketball. Um, and I like the uh, that under pick as well. You bring up some good points about that. So mm-hmm. um, let everybody know that's listening where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at GeoNFLDraft and then on Spotify or any other podcast formats. Uh, I host, you know, Past Their Prime. It's called Past Their Prime Sports Podcast. I'll get Joey on there pretty soon. I've been doing uh, NBA DFS this last week, but going into next week, I won't be able to stay up as late. Uh, all my podcasts have been, you know, recording them at like one in the morning this week because I've been off work and school, but I'll be back in both next week. So the schedule might be more sporadic, but yeah, you can find me there and hopefully Joey will be on there soon too. Can't wait, man. Sounds good. Uh, listen to the, the I think, believe it was the first po- uh, episode that you released mm-hmm. and I like it. I like it a lot. You know, me with the DFS, I can't get enough DFS, even though I've been not really playing as much NBA this year. But, um, you know, like you, I've been focusing a lot on the props, too. So, um, you know, fantasy and props, they kind of go hand in hand. So um, I definitely like that. Um, Yeah, Gio, we're going to do this again soon on this podcast, too. Um, Mm -hmm. I got to go. I got to get some of this good Sunday sauce. I know you have good. No, you have some things to do. So, hey, man, we'll do this again. Have a great night, and we'll talk soon, brother. Absolutely. Have a good night, and hopefully let's win some money tomorrow, too. Yes, sir. My favorite part of the show, it's that time. It's cheese place time. It's payday. We gotta get All right, now getting into my official cheese plays of the day. Um, Gio gave you a little bit of a hint at what he's looking at for tonight's action, and I'm actually rolling with him. My first cheese play is the Chicago Bulls. I'm not going to take the plus one. I'm going to take the money line, and we'll have to see how much this moves. Um, depending on when you're listening to this, the money line could be crazy. The Bulls could be favored by, you know, three, four points at this point. Who knows what time or when you're listening to this. But, uh, yeah, I just think, you know, if Oladipo's out, um, you know, Christian Wood, Boogie, yeah, the Bulls will be without marketing. 
and Otto Porter, but I just think Zach Levine's just on a tear right now. I don't think it matters that John Wall or it, or if John Wall is going to be guarding him or not. Uh, I just don't think it really matters. He can he's putting the team on his back right now, and uh, the the complimentary pieces are knocking down enough shots and playing enough good ball around him uh, to keep this thing afloat. And the Bulls are winning games right now. The Rockets have lost each of the last seven, as we mentioned. I'm just going to stick with the hot hand here and fade the cold team and the Rockets and go ahead and roll with the Bulls' money line. And for my next cheese play of the day, the game that everyone's been waiting for, William & Mary taking on Elon. And this game wasn't all that close last time. Um, William and Mary obviously had a little bit of a layoff with due to COVID and players being out, testing positive. But uh, expect them to keep it a little bit closer this time around. I believe Elon only has one shooter that shoots over 27.5% from three. And um, I don't expect a whole lot of points in this one. I think it'll be a closer game, but a little bit sloppy. Um, both teams probably grabbing some boards, but not shooting all that efficiently. Um, the total is around 136. I like the under. I think, you know, 130 is probably where I would put it, 131 maybe. But 136 seems a little bit high um, for maybe a closer contested contest. Elon is favored by four points right now, three and a half in some spots. But uh, if you could get the total around 136, 136 and a half, I will definitely take the under in this one. And for my third and final cheese play of the day, um, I'll be tweeting out, I probably will be tweeting out some more picks, maybe some NBA prop bets that I'll be looking at if I have time or if I see something that I like. But um, I have a – I don't even know if I'd call this a cheese play. I don't know. But I, I do lean Syracuse getting five or five-and-a-half points against Duke. I think the market's kind of overvaluing Duke at this point. I mean, both teams are playing better right now. Duke's kind of finding themselves. They're 10-8. and eight. Syracuse is 13-6, and six, so they have a better record. And yet Duke is favored by five, five and a half in some spots. Um, I, I don't really get why they're being favored by that much. I mean, I get they're at home, but home court advantage is not a huge issue this season. Um, I think Syracuse should be able to hang around and maybe keep it within even one possession. But um, five, five and a half, that's a little bit much. So I'll roll with Syracuse here. On the road. And that'll do it for this edition of Stuffing the Stat Sheet. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a rating and review. Follow the show on Twitter at Sheet. Follow me as well at TheRiot326. Special thanks to Gio D'Amico for joining me today. Go Bulls, see red, make that cheese, and have a great day. Stacey King, what do you say? So that's this is how you close out games. This is how you close out games, Bulls fans. They did it tonight and drive home safely. Go beep, beep. Drive home safely, Chicago.